Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. Um, Right now, we are taking a pause from the series Proclaim because we are about to jump into this moment where we begin to talk about um, growth groups. Now, many of you have been a part of a city group, but right now we are doing growth groups, and I'm going to dive into that. And then next week, we're going to be jumping into a series on our emotions. Uh, The series is called I Feel a Type of Way because in many ways, people sometimes have a hard time distinguishing not only how they feel, but how to navigate the way that they feel. And so we're going to jump into that. But, but I want to dive into why we are making this shift. You know, we're in COVID-19, we're quarantining, we're social distancing. We're not really sure when we're going to come back together. Why are we making this shift? And there's a, several reasons why that is, and I want to jump into that today. Years ago, the Lord allowed us to put this church together. God's the one that builds the church, but he uses people. And the purpose of the church uh, that we feel like God gave us was to reach people where they are and help them grow. Both of those things have to be happening. We're reaching, but we're also helping people grow. And we have this divine distinction. We have this unique opportunity to be able to reach people. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And I want you to just focus on that part in the middle there. We're ambassadors for Christ, yes, but God is making his appeal through us. That word appeal means he's trying to persuade people through us. He's trying to get the attention of men and women who want to ignore God through us. He's trying to let people know God is real, God is loving, God is just, and God is holy through us. Isn't that amazing that we get this opportunity to be God's persuasion? God wanted to get people's attention and he decided to use us. Oh God, why did you put us in ministry? Why did you want to use us? He's making his appeal. He's persuading the world through us. And that is our unique opportunity as a community that we get to get people's attention about who God is. And we've done that as a church. And I could not be more proud of what God has done moving here uh, seven years ago with my wife, February 6th of 2013. I still remember it. It was a Super Bowl. I couldn't watch the Super Bowl because I was on an airplane. I don't know who booked that fight, plays God, but I was on an airplane. And the only thing we saw was the halftime show. It was Beyonce, right? She was dancing. And then after halftime, we had to get out the airports. I never even saw that game, right? But I'll never forget that night. And I remember being in the city and everything just seemed so big and so crazy. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be amazing if we could just start a church here, if we met people here? I mean, that was the thing I wanted to do. I just wanted to meet people. And before we knew it, we started to see people be reached. We were making an appeal. And people started to see God through us. And all of a sudden, we saw these baptisms. And we have this imagery of baptisms there for those of you watching. We saw person after person being baptized and life after life being changed. And many people 
We're seeing that appeal. We've done many different things to reach people at this church. Uh, if you've been a part of our church, you've done maybe you've been a part of a soul cafe where we had people up here dancing and singing and we've had poetry and all types of different stuff. Uh, we, did, we did a party. We did this fall forward party and people were like, is this a church? And it was Corona bottles and praise God. It was a DJ. It was all types of stuff happening there. But we were like, listen, we don't have to do church like other people do it. God's making his appeal through us. Let's, let's be appealing. Let's be appealing. And we've tried all types of different things. But you have to understand our purpose is not only to reach people, it's to help people grow. And so in this sanctuary that many of you have not been able to be in for months, but in the sanctuary I'm in, it was the summer of 2013 that, you know, I didn't know anybody. And before I knew it, I knew four people. So I was like, why don't I start a Bible study? So I started a Bible study in the nursery uh, there. And we started off with about four people. And then when we got to seven people, we got to go up to the kitchen. And I felt like I was a mega church because I didn't know anybody who we went from four to seven. And then when we went to 15, I, that might have been a conference. You know what I'm saying? I was like, Pentecost is here. Like, I was just amazed that we had 15 people. I couldn't believe it. And, and, I, and I remember one night, I remember one night, uh, anybody remember this phrase, polar vortex. Anybody remember that phrase? Like for, it was a polar vortex. I still don't even know what it is, but I know it's very cold and I know it was in New York and it was crazy. And, and that night, it was, it was Tuesday. It was a Tuesday night when we did our Bible study. It was a polar vortex. And I just read polar vortex. Nobody's going to come to Bible study. And I remember just hearing the door open. Boom, boom. People kept coming. And that night, the night, the coldest night, we had the most people. And I was like, oh, God is making his appeal through us. You see, I don't have to be appealing when God's making his appeal. He, he's using me. He wasn't, I thought, I, you know, I had to be like, you know, I'd study the whole day because I have nothing else to do. You know what I'm saying? And, and, yet, and yet God was making his appeal through us. And we reached all types of people. And if you ever had a chance to come into our church, you see that our church is very diverse with all types of people from all types of different places, from singers to actors to people in banking and all types of stuff. And we're just amazed by it. And so we started this Tuesday night Bible study and it was incredible. But we knew that we couldn't stay in that place because I was preaching on Sunday and I was leading the Bible study and I just couldn't do that and shepherd and administrate and all that other stuff. So we decided to try to multiply what we were doing by having what we called city groups. And city groups were an opportunity for us to be a family on mission together. And we wanted to be around different parts of the city. And this worked well for us for several seasons. But one of the things that we began to see over time is one, the average age of our church is 26, and we're 85% single. And for a lot of people, they felt like, man, this is great to get to know everybody. It's great that we're getting connected, but I want to kind of go deeper with people. I want to go, because uh, our city groups were open, like there would be new people all the time. And so with this, this desire, like you tell a person your life story, and then they wouldn't come back next week, right? Like, so it would be very difficult. But there was another side to that, and that there was just there was a desire for more investment from our leaders, right? Somebody pouring into our leaders where in many ways you'd be leading a group and we would definitely coach you, but there wasn't as much of a clarified investment. In other words, we had a lot of other things we were doing on Sundays and we wanted to be able to create a space where we could just invest in our leaders as our leaders invested in other people. And so this is why we created a space. And, and let me just also note, COVID, like COVID happened. And one of the things that we realized was, 
man, if we have to be online and you're with like 10 people and someone's like got their glamour shot up and we don't know what they're doing, we don't even know this person, it's gonna be kind of hard to feel depth. And it's, it's kind of this light, it's almost like a light representation of what we do on Sunday already. So we decided that we wanted to do these things called growth groups. Growth groups are gonna be different than city groups. Let me just say that again. Growth groups are different than city groups. They are not the same. The, maybe the most unique distinction of growth groups between city groups is that they're closed. And when we say we're closed, that means that we are wanting there to be depth. We're wanting there to be this space where you're actually getting connected with these people and you're actually building friendships. And with those growth group leaders, we have a shepherding leader team made up of the elders and wives of the elders, and we are investing in all of those growth group leaders. So I take on, my wife and I, we are investing in all of our married growth group leaders. And then Rasul, Tamika, Josh, and Jess, they are all investing in our other leader, all the other single leaders. And so it's, it's a really cool, now if you don't know our church, our church is 85% single. So that's why I said the single leaders, the majority of the people at our church. So if you have not signed up for a growth group, I want you to know, this Tuesday is the end of registration, right? So we've had a bunch of people sign up. If you want to know how to get signed up, we want you to download the Bridge Church NYC app. You would go to the app store, all right? And you would type in Bridge Church NYC. Once you do that, please download, uh, download the app. And once you download it, you'll see this, uh, you'll see an image that says growth groups. Just click on that image, fill out the information. You have to the end of Tuesday. After that, uh, growth groups will be closed. Now, in light of that, for other people, we do have a Bible study that we'll have. Um, a, the Bible study will be going through the book of Philippians on Thursday nights at 7.30, all right? So Thursday at 7.30, and that will begin this Thursday we will have growth groups beginning. For those of you that have already signed up for a growth group, there'll be somebody contacting you this week. Your, your group might even be able to meet this week, hopefully, but, but even if you're not able to meet, be, they're forming this week, and so we want to get you plugged in. Again, please uh, get signed up by Tuesday, and we will have those locked down. Now, I want to be very clear about what I said just a minute ago. We want everybody in a growth group, but growth groups aren't for everyone. Hmm? We want everybody in the growth groups, but growth groups aren't for everyone. And I think this is exactly what Jesus did when he made disciples. I think Jesus was very, like he was, he was announcing the kingdom for everybody, but he literally would tell them to count the cost. He, he would tell people, you know, I gotta, bury my, I gotta go bury my dad. He'd be like, let the dead bury the dead. He called them to a high commitment. And so what you have to know is there are three requirements of being in a growth group. There were no requirements of being in a city group. You just had to have a pulse and just like want to just walk in. I'm serious. We, we didn't say you have to do this. And we're saying there is a requirement. So I'm just saying this is not for everybody. And, you, and these first two things you may not be able to give. The first thing is you must be committed. There's nine sessions. You must be committed to those sessions. Now, if you have to miss one, we get it, but you have to be committed. Now, what does committed mean? It means that you prioritize the group time so that you can be fully present. 
So if you're there and you like, you, you know, you're like mixing some food and like you're scrolling through Instagram and you, again, you have like your glamour shot up and we don't see you, that's not fully present. That's you doing six other things. The reason why we want you to be fully present is not because we just want you to be there. We want you to be available for the people in your group. We're not calling you to a night. We're calling you to a group of people. Very different. And so because of that, what you'll notice is that in your growth group, that, that growth group is actually going to work with you to find the best night for your group. So, so no longer are groups relegated to uh, Tuesdays or Wednesdays. The group can meet at any time during the week. It's the best thing for your group. Why? Because your group is not defined by a night, nor is it defined by a time, but it's defined by people. And we're asking that you would be considerate of those people and commit to them. Commit to them, right? So the first thing is being committed. But the second thing is vulnerability, that you would share who you are, not just who you hope to be, amen? That, that you are letting us into your world. Do you know there's a difference between vulnerability and transparency? Um, you know, there are people I know who are transparent, like they tell you what's going on and then they'll be like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm stealing money from my job. You know what I'm saying? I just want to keep it real. And it's like, um, you should stop. Like you should, you, no, don't tell me what to do. It's like, oh, okay. You let me in, but you don't let me change you. You don't let me touch it. It's like showing the doctor you got something broken, but you never let him touch it. And, you, and that's one of the problems. People who don't allow themselves to be vulnerable, they might be transparent and tell you their weak areas, but they never want to change. And so let me just stop there with those first two points and just acknowledge, one, there may just be for you an acknowledgement. Man, I need to count the cost. I got a lot going on. I may not be able to be committed to this. The Bible studies for you. But if you're in a place, and I don't, I don't mean to knock you, Sometimes some of us have been through situations, maybe with other churches, maybe with family, maybe there's just other dynamics working where you're just like, I'm not ready to be open yet. And if that's the case, that's not a knock on you. That's just where you are. And I would say right now in this season, that Bible study option will be better for you. But I think it's something you should aim towards. The last thing is to be teachable, to be teachable, to be ready to give and receive wisdom. Do you know who the people are uh, killers, growth group killers? Um, my daughter is doing something that annoys me, boy. I'll be like, um, hey, 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 before you leave, hey, before you leave out of here, pick up, pick, pick all that stuff up. She'll be like, I know. I'm like, why are you telling me you know? Pick it up. I'll walk away. That later on that night, I'll be like, hey, hey, turn your TV off. She's like, I know. I'm like, why do you keep telling me you know? Don't tell me what you know. Show me what you're doing. You ever have people in a group that every time something comes up, they say, I know. Oh, I bet that before. Oh, I've seen that. Those people crush the spirit of a group because they create this space where they think knowledge equals efficiency, but you're not actually doing it. You're not actually living it out. What, the kind of space that we want to create is that we're all learning. There's something you're not doing. The, the chapters we're going to read in the book, there's something you're not doing in it, amen? Find that. Don't, just don't all find the things you know well and good. Find the things that you're growing in, because that's the point. The point of the group is to grow, so you need to find places you're not growing, as opposed to showing off where you have grown, or at least where you think you're growing, amen? So I I mean, here's the point. Every group will have a culture. 
Every group will have an atmosphere and you will contribute to that atmosphere. And teach a teachable spirit is an enjoyable spirit to be around because you too have room to grow. One of the things we've told growth group leaders is that you're not there necessarily to be the big jug as you have these little mugs and they're just, you're pouring out everything. Some leaders may have more wisdom than others, but, but for the most part, they're there to grow with you. I've told the leaders in our training, you're there to grow with them. They're not there to grow from you. You're not, you don't have to feel like you have to have all the insights, right? So that's the spirit. That's the moment that we want to create with our groups, committed, vulnerable, and trans, um, committed, vulnerable, and teachable. Now, we're going to be going through a book. The book is called uh, Voice of the Heart. It's by a guy named Chip Dodd. I will be preaching on emotions next week, and I'll be using some of the book. But again, the groups will not be based on my sermon. They'll be based on the book. Um, we will not do sermon studies um, as much or pretty much at all right now. We're going to be using books um, because we really feel like books are a better representation for people to really study and dig in. Uh, but at times, I'll have a sermon that coincides. So uh, next week, we'll be preaching on emotions. But uh, in your groups next week, you'll be starting off in your first chapter in the book uh, of Chip Dodd's book, Voice of the Heart. Please go out and get it now and you can begin reading it. Now, growth groups are nothing more than spiritual formation, right? So I've given you kind of the requirement of being in a group, but I want to just give you the why behind spiritual formation and the problem of spiritual formation. Uh, right now, um, we moved and, um, you know, we moved next to a Trader Joe's and the line there looks incredible. I mean, it's just like, Unbelievable. Like, I never, I, I, all of a sudden, I'm not hungry anymore, right? The line is crazy. Like, I don't want to stand on that line. I don't care what I was thinking before, right? And so, but you can, you can order stuff and then come right to your crib, right? You can order food. You can order groceries. You don't have to go to a library. What's a library, praise God? What's a library, right? You order books. You know what I mean? We can order everything. We can order movies. And in many ways, that spirit is within our culture where we can just get the content and we can avoid the people, right? And in many ways, COVID has kind of brought out that spirit in the church that I can just get the worship and I can get the word and I can avoid the people. And one of the things that, one of the things, I think one of the greatest lies the devil has told us is that I am my own and I belong to myself. I am my own and I belong to myself. See, if you believe that, then you can, like, like you can get content like shopping. You can get sermons like shopping and you can sanctify yourself. But the Bible does not represent us as being able to self-sanctify. Sanctification happens A, from the Holy Spirit, B, from the Word, C, from people working all together. You see, you've got to be able to be in the lives of people. The, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Not peace with yourself alone, peace with people. Joy with people, and it's evident to people. There's a reason why the Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit, not the leaves of the Spirit. It's because God is not just trying to show change. Fruit is a communal thing. The minute you see an orange, it's good for orange juice. That means it's useful to people. A, a Spirit-filled person doesn't just look changed. They're useful to people. So that's how you tell that someone is growing and someone is mature. 
You see, we have this false anthropology that we are meant for ourselves. And, and, and like a lion that's in a cage that gets entertained and you see them, and they, they, you, you look and you go, man, they look so cool, but, but that lion is roaming around. It can't wait to get out the cage. Why? Because that lion was not meant for a cage. That lion was meant to roam in the wilderness. In many ways, we have this sense that we are meant for ourselves and we need to do our own thing and no one really can tell us what to do. And at the same time, this spirit has come into the church and come into our culture. We've never seen stress like we've seen this before. We've never seen discomfort like this. We've never seen so much anxiety and so much depression in the culture. In many ways, it's because people are trying to figure themselves out and people are constantly comparing themselves. It's because you need community and you need leadership in your life. You were not meant to be alone, as God mentioned to Adam when he was by himself. And in many ways, you are meant for formation in community. The scripture reads this way in Matthew 12, 46 through 50. While Jesus was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. And he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Now, this is an ill moment, right? I mean, his mother and brother are outside, and they're like, you know, Jesus, Jesus, when you get done with all that, come holler at me. And, he, and right there in front of them, he goes, and they say, hey, your mom and your brother. He says, I, I don't, who are my mother's brothers? Now, it, he didn't mean it because obviously in the scriptures we see that he takes care of his mother on the cross, so he obviously cares for his family, but he was using that moment as an illustration because look what Jesus says. In verse 49, and stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Now, when Jesus stretches out his hands to his disciples, and instead of pointing, instead of walking towards his mother and brothers, he was saying that I have transferred the allegiance of my life to the people of God. Not saying I don't love them, they just can't influence me like these people can. You see, he's saying that I now, he, that's why he was, he was not willing to respond to the command of his mom because he did not want the formation of his mom. He wanted the formation. He wanted to, to give an illustration of how formation would work because look at what he says in the rest. He says, here are my mothers and my brothers. Listen, listen. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus in that moment said something that I think we lose in the church, y'all. Pay attention. Jesus didn't say, whoever comes to church is my mother and brother. Jesus didn't even say, whoever reads the Bible is my mother and brother. Jesus didn't say, whoever can preach a word is my mother and brother. Jesus didn't say, whoever can sing is my mother and brother. Jesus didn't say, the people that you're getting to know in your group are your mother and brother. Jesus says, whoever does the will of the Father, he made brother and sisterhood conditional based on how the person responds to the will of God, not their faithfulness in a community. And one of the things that creeps into a church and can creep into our church is walking in a spirit of familiarity, not a spirit of formation. 
You see, the spirit of formation is the will of God changes us, and we're all about doing what God says to do. And in so doing, I do not allow people just to follow and to operate with them. They're not my mothers and my brothers just because they're always around and we have things in common. Commonality will creep you all the way from, all the, away from God's will. But when you walk in his word, in other words, there are people that are different than you, that look different than you, that listen to different music than you, that operate different than you, but they want to do the will of God. When I gave my life to the Lord, you know, I, I was cool, amen? <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I was in a fraternity, you know what I'm saying? Omega Sci-Fi, it was a big deal, amen. No, let's not get into it. But I, I played football, right? I did all these things. And then there were these people in Bible study. And this dude, he tried out for the soccer team and failed. He had this other dude, he was kind of nerdy. And I was just like, y'all are not cool. Like, I have a cool, I have cool requirements. Like, there's a, you, can, you can't even be in my atmosphere. You're bringing me down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there were people that made, and, and let, let me just say this. Let me say this. It, you you kind of rank yourself how you look. Just, I'm just saying this, right? And then, like, and then there are people that look better than you and they make you look a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? So I used to like, so I used to draft people. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I if I go to the club with him. Anyway, but all I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this. This is all I'm saying. This is all I'm saying. That's how I looked at life. I would just look at life like, yo, I want to be cool with them. I want to be cool with him. I want to be cool with him. And that's what I'm saying. Some of us are not doing the will of the God because we draft our friends. We don't want to do the will of God. We've got a friendship draft. We've got a community draft. And you're like, oh, that person, ooh, they're killing it. Ooh, I like that. I like, what, what career are you in? Oh, yeah, I want to do what you do. But, 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 but what if they're not doing the will of God and you still call them mother or brother? You see, a spirit of familiarity will confuse you. It'll have you mimicking people who are not doing the things of God, but they say scriptures. The will of God they do the will of God. They want to live for God. They love God and they look like it. And Jesus says them. So if I could, Christ's family, as I mentioned, was not based on form, was not based on familiarity. And so if I could, something we're doing with our <coughs> leaders, all the leaders of our growth groups, one of the things that we felt like this year we needed to clarify, what does it mean to grow? And this, these, this clarification of what it means to grow will actually permeate all of our community. Because we have a purpose. We want to reach people where they are and help them grow. We have a process. We want to connect to God, grow with family, and serve our city. And then we added another P now because we're Baptists like that. Amen. Um, <laughs> the other P is... We have pillars, right? And these are five pillars of growth. If I could just share them with you. Prayerful, biblical, grateful, unified, aligned. We think that's what we're trying to produce. And that's what we want to reproduce. Someone who's prayerful, biblical, grateful, unified, aligned. So, so this, is, this is, I just want to make mention of these really quick. We want to get you to be a person of prayer. Matthew chapter six talked about how Jesus said that the father is one who sees in secret. And he says that, that, that what he wants you to do is to go into your room and pray in secret. And so that you would have this intimate. And what he was trying to draw is a picture of intimacy with God. 
One of the things that we're going to be asking all of our leaders, a question, and a question we want to permeate into our community is, right now, what's something you're asking God to do? What's something you're begging God to do? Do you have a private life of worship? Let me just say, if y'all had an opportunity to see Jess uh, singing, that's not from a good voice. That's from an anointing, from being private with God. You see, those kind of things that happen, when you see people doing things with God publicly, it's because they're doing things with God privately. They have a secret room with God and they're intimate. Are you intimate with him? Listen, do you carve out, prioritize space with God? Do you have a place that you go to in your house, in your apartment, in your room? Do you have a corner? Do you have a time? Do you prioritize intimacy with God? Are you asking him, begging him again? I know a God that can change and do things in a, in a month, in a week, in a decade. Are you keep asking him and begging God and being intimate with him? One of the things that we're going to be doing is we're going to have an online prayer time that we bring back on Tuesdays and Thursdays, midday. We're going to be taking prayers from our groups. And we're going to have an opportunity for you to pray because we want to maintain a posture of prayer during this time. We'll be rolling that out in about a week or so. But we want to offer you that because we're trying to form you into a person of prayer. The other thing is we want you to be biblical. Uh, we believe that a consistent dialogue with the text is going to equip you. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 uh, that the word of God equips you for every good work. That there's a work that God has intended for you to do. But if you don't know your word, you will not be equipped for it. So if you are not in your word, you might be a person that's passionate. You might be a person that's like really into what you're doing. But you will not be functioning fully in what God wants you to do if you don't know your word, if you aren't creating and maintaining a consistent posture with the text. Let me say this. People who don't know their word pray uninformed prayers, and uninformed prayers are dangerous because they'll have you putting expectations on God, and God's like, I didn't say that, right? So, so you want to pray, but you also want to be consistent in your word. Um, if you download the Bible app, shameless plug, if you download the Bible app, we actually have verses that come up every day. If, if nothing else, read that verse on a daily basis, and that can be your manna for the day. But a question we're asking our leaders is, what has God been teaching you lately from his word? Thirdly, grateful. We want to see a person that's prayerful, biblical, thirdly, grateful. And essentially what that means is the Bible says in Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Look, he says, enter his gates, meaning the minute that you come into the presence of God, you're already thankful. You're not just looking for what God will do for you, but you're already praising and thanking God for what he's done in your life. You are overflowing. I believe this is what Jesus was talking about in John 10, 10, when he says, I've come that you have life and life abundantly that you would overflow to people. When you listen, when you pray, and you read your Bible, and you pray, and you read your Bible, you could be going through a storm, or a crisis, or loss, and still be filled up with the presence of God. You could be losing everything and still thankful. You could be in so much pain and still joyful. You could be looking around, and everyone around you is crushed, and you are still not struck down, because you are overflowing with his presence. 
And so we want, we want to make sure that when you serve in our church or you're serving on your job, you're not doing it out of a desire to just get something from them. You're not doing it just for a platform. You're not doing it for exaltation. You're doing it out of the overflow of what God has already done in your life. We've already got the victory. And we operate from the victory we want. he won for us on the cross. A question that we will ask is, are you currently serving in your area? And this can be in church or even outside of the church, out of the overflow of what God has done for you. Or has ministry and even life become duty for you? Wherever God has placed you, he's placed you so that he can overflow his presence there. Fourthly, unified. And we've talked much about this as a church, and so I don't need to go into great detail with this, but our leaders and anyone that's listening to me, if you're a believer and you have tension inside you with another believer and you've not addressed it, the Bible calls you to not walk around with any bitterness or resentment to not have anything stored up against anyone. In fact, in Matthew 7, the Bible says, if you believe somebody has an ought with you, you would go to them. That you would actually, in Matthew 18, that you would go and approach them and have a conversation with them. Can I tell you one of the things that I have noticed, one of the things that we just have to grow through as a church, having the conversation and talking about the tension but still, and then when you walk away, you tell other people about the tension is not dealing with the problem. The point is to talk through the tension and keep talking it through till you come to a resolution. Honestly, I think a lot of times people just fake peace because they don't want it to be awkward anymore. But if you are faking peace, but you are, you are creating tension outside of that conversation, you are causing division. You are causing division in the body. And, and I see that happen again and again and again. And one, it, it, honestly, in this generation, it's like a gold star for even having the conversation. So I, praise God, you had the conversation, right? It's like I had the conversation, right? But I still hate them, you know what I mean? Right? Like people want a, want a gold star, and that's great. But what I'm saying is that's not, what, that's not the will of God. The will of God is do all that you can to be at peace with men. If you don't have peace with them, if you don't have peace with if you have peace with them, then why do you bring up the tension all the time? If you have peace, why do you always have to bring it up outside of that conversation? So you don't really have peace. You just don't have the level of awkwardness that was there because you had a conversation. If you're a leader, uh, one of the things we're going to be asking is, what are unresolved tensions concerning you or others within the church? And how can we make peace? That's what we're trying to produce. A unified person, a person that fights for unity because unity is war. Lastly, aligned. Now, understand this. God, the church is not an entrepreneurial endeavor. The church is God's plan of salvation. He's making his appeal through the church. This is how God's making his appeal. So God places leaders in place. He places a vision in place and he moves on those people to come to New York on February 6th of 2013 and start a Bible study with no people. And for some reason, he blesses it. 
And if you come into that midst, we're, we praise God for you. But because we're people and we have different perspectives, we're not always going to agree. But God calls us to do things in decency and in order. And sometimes we'll have misunderstandings. A misunderstanding is we just don't, you know, we need to talk this through some more. Sometimes we'll have disagreements. And a disagreement is, oh, we've talked about it, but we just, we just concluded we think different things. But once a disagreement reaches the point where it defines a relationship, now we don't have just disagreement, you have misalignment. And misalignment in a community means you are veering people away from what God is doing in the leadership. And God has called this church to have a specific vision. And you want to follow the vision and support it and celebrate it. Listen, download the app. Be excited about what God is doing here. Be excited about the leadership God has placed here. Celebrate and support what God has done here. And so one of the things that I think that we lose in our community and, and we can lose in a community is this feeling like you support the people God has placed in front of you. Pastoring in this age of COVID is crazy. It kind of feels like, like my favorite player is LeBron. That's my dude, but I'm a Knicks fan. But I don't watch the Knicks, I watch LeBron, right? So, but in, in a lot of ways, people call themselves a part of the church, but they don't do anything with us and they watch somebody else because they're more of a church fan, not a church member, right? Like they watch other people, but they never really support us. And, I, and I'm not saying this out of like some sense of loyalty. I don't want you to be loyal. I want you to be aligned to the will of God at this church and in what God is doing here. And so my prayer is that you would be prayerful, biblical, grateful, unified, aligned. And, and the question we'll ask our leaders is, do you still feel aligned with the purpose? Do you still feel aligned with the process and the people God has placed in leadership of this church? Listen, do you still feel aligned at the job that God has placed you in? God is a God of decency and order. And I pray wherever he has you, you are in alignment with and in submission. I know that's a dirty word, right? You're submitting to the leadership. Because everybody can't have a mission and no one have submission, right? So we pray that God would use you where you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray that you would anoint our groups. We pray that you would use our groups. We pray that you would raise up dynamic, powerful people. We pray that we would raise up people that are prayerful, biblical, grateful, unified, aligned, people that are pillars in the church, God. We pray that these groups would just have an anointing over them, God, and there would be just a fresh touch in them, and there would be great unity in them, and there would be just a great sense of vision in them. God, touch what you're doing in our community and bless us, God. And we ask, God, in the end, we'd reach people where they are and help them grow. And once we help them grow, God, would they go reach more people and reach more people until we go home. In Christ's name, amen. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. We hear from people all across the country about what God is doing through our podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at bridgechurchnyc.com. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for both of those social media outlets is at BridgeChurchNYC. Our website is BridgeChurchNYC.com. If you're in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 98 Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, right next to the Barclay Center. We are praying for you, and we hope to see you soon.